Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Joel chapter two, very familiar passage of scripture. And uh, if you were not here this morning, you can avail yourself of the message, the first in the series, The Fast, the seven sacred reasons for fasting, biblical reasons for fasting. It's, it's more than just like a colon cleanse. That's, a, that's not, hello. There are tremendous benefits to fasting. And, you know, it makes sense digesting food for decades and then, you know, you give your system a break, it can be, it can be good. And I've heard all kinds of testimonies of healing that's been released through people fasting. Here, here's one of the most unusual ones. Uh, Joel 2, we'll read it in a moment. Um, in Bob Rogers' church, he preached on healing through fasting, and so they, man started fasting, and um, he started coughing, and uh, he coughed up his dentures. It was like the third day of the fast, and he apparently had like inhaled or swallowed his dentures, and they were, and he didn't know it. You think you would know it if you swallowed your dentures and they were lodged in your lung, but he, he coughed them up, and they were able to get his dentures out, and he attributed, <laughs> okay, he attributed it to... Um, to the fast. It's a true story. True story. Joel 2. I'm going to talk about the outpouring of the Spirit and the promise of God pouring out His Spirit all over the earth uh, and uh, perhaps bring some correction to some teaching that I've heard. Having studied it, I disagree with what I heard not all that long ago. And um, perhaps we'll get to that. I am not going to go long. You're going to uh, hear this word over these next 15 minutes, and then we're going to empower you to drive home under the unction and protection of the Lord and, uh, and bless you. And uh, while a one-hour service in many places might be normal, it's usually uh, a little bit longer than an hour here. But we're so grateful that you've come on Sunday night. Now you may stand up. Joel chapter 2, find verse 28, and we'll read through verse 32. Joel 2, 28, through Joel 2, 32. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on, on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. 
Lord, you're amazing. We love you. Move in great power tonight as we look at this text. Be it ever so brief, may it be strong because of your anointing. I pray that you would take your very finger and write on the fleshly tablets of our heart that we would hear what you would say to your church, to your bride, to the church even globally, even in Kenya, around the world, those that will listen at a later day. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, go right ahead. And we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I thank God for this prophetic oracle. And um, the longer I'm in Christ, the more I fall in love with the Word. You must know the Word, learn the Word, memorize the Word, speak the Word, pray the Word. If heaven and earth are going to pass away and His Word's going to remain forever, it'd probably be a really good idea to get it deep down into your heart. I've hidden your word in my heart, said Psalm 119, that I might not sin against you. The only word that's hidden in your heart, I believe, is the word that you've memorized. And so I would encourage you over this next year to make a firm resolve to memorize Scripture and to give yourself to the study of God's Word. And if you want to become a spiritual athlete, you want to walk in victory, you walk on the heights, you want hinds feet in high places, you better know the Word. You want to walk in purity. You want to walk in truth. You don't want to be blinded and led down the primrose path. You got to know the, the Word. I said you got to know the, the Word. The Word of God is powerful and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword. When you learn the Word, when you speak the Word, God moves. I'm all into prayer. We love praying. There'll be people praying here tomorrow. By the grace of God, if the roads are clear, please uh, be mindful of that. You might want to stay home. And, uh, and do the online prayer. If you don't ever see it come up, it means that we couldn't get out of our driveway and such. And that happens rarely here in Alaska. It has happened before, uh, but we hope that's not the case. Man, they get gravel down and things get cleared. But if, when you pray, if you'll learn to pray God's word, you'll have a gr greater results than you praying your opinion. God doesn't stand over your opinion to make it happen. How many of you know that? You missed a great place to say amen. You can have an idea of what you're hoping to have happen, and that can be faith, but it's faith in God's word that releases miracles, not faith in your opinion, not faith in what you think could happen, not faith in what you think should happen. And many people have lost their faith altogether because in their mind they said, if God loves me, he's going to do this, such and such, and so and so, and so I'm going to move forward, and God's going to do that. And then God doesn't do it that way, and they're like, oh, yeah. You can stick it, God. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because I was one of them. But that's another message. This is a powerful word. And I want to just dissect it a little bit. The promise of the outpouring of the Spirit. Right here in verse 28, if you're all there, say amen. It'll come to pass afterward. Everybody say afterward. Now, I've taught this to you before, but if you go back and you look at what's taking place, the afterward is in reference to something. What is it in reference to? Listen, when you, when you read the Word and you hear messages preached, it cannot be pulled out of context. And so understand what's being said here. And, and of course, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, preaches this very text. 
And it says this in verse 1, blow a trumpet in Zion. And he goes on to say, declare, you know, declare a, a fast. He talks about all the difficulties that are taking place. Verse 12, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. With what? All your heart. That's not some of your heart. That's not part of your heart. So this is, the, this is what takes place before verse 28. It'll come to pass afterward. After what? After all the stuff that he asked him to do in the previous, the previous verses. Rend your heart, not your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he'll turn, relent, and leave a blessing behind, a grain offering, a drink offering. Blow the trumpet in Zion, verse 15 of Joel 2. Consecrate a fast. God is releasing his power in unprecedented measure for a corporate company of people that will turn to him with all their heart. He's not going to pour out his spirit on lackadaisical, half-hearted, sloppy agape. Agape is, is a Greek word for love. It's the love of God, the unconditional love of God. God wants us to love him with all our heart, with all our mind and all our strength, not love him and other things. And when you turn to God with all your heart, you will never be disappointed. God will pour out his spirit. But in this context of this outpouring, it's, it's afterwards, after what? After turning to God in prayer, after turning to God in fasting. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14, if my people who are called by my name Called by my name. That's, that's God's people. That's not the world. That's if the church, if my people, my covenant people will, will turn from their wicked ways. Those who are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways and repent. And the, I will hear from heaven, he goes on to say. We should probably, I just really butchered that. And it's too powerful to paraphrase. So go there. Second Chronicles. So what I said? Oh, sorry. Second Chronicles, thank you. Pastor Karen, bringing the correction on the front. Appreciate that. Amen. I really do. Just don't tell me how to drive. Second Chronicles. <laughs> Unless, of course, I need it. Isn't that funny? She's saved our lives many times by her backseat driving. I just don't want to hear it. Second Chronicles chapter what? Only speak up when I'm going to crash. <laughs> and if you, we can do something about it. All right. Second Chronicles 7.14. And I'll only speak up if you're going to ruin dinner, which you never do. You're an amazing cook. Okay. I should say rarely. Very rarely. How did I end up in Ezra? Second Chronicles 7, verse... 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, stop. Humbling yourself is another picture of prayer and fasting. Amen. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. The word turn is another word for repentance. Turn from their wicked ways. Now, hold on a second. He's talking about his people. He's not talking about the world. He's not saying if the world turns. He's saying if the church turns. How many of you know people, they're in church, they say they love God, but they live like the, you know that's right. 
turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a powerful word. This word that we're reading here in Joel 2 is a powerful promise, but it comes, it doesn't just say you. It says my people. There's a, there's a corporate aspect, a, a corporate aspect of God's people turning. And maybe there's a critical mass when enough, enough or a remnant turns, then the healing of the land takes place. I don't really know. But it clearly in Joel 2, it's talking about a corporate repentance and a corporate outpouring that takes place as a result of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord. I am contending for God to pour out his spirit in a way that we have never seen before. And I biblically charge you and tell you, it will not happen through my own effort and through my own wholeheartedness towards God. And it won't happen because Pastor Karen's wholehearted towards God. It will happen because a people begin to turn, begin to turn towards him. Now a man, a woman, they can be used by God to pierce through the darkness and bring the word of God and bring revival. But people have to choose to turn. It'll come to pass afterwards, after what? After corporate prayer, after corporate fasting, after corporately seeking God, hungering and thirsting. God will manifest his power. The zeal of the Lord will be manifested in notable ways. And the blessings of God are, are poured out. Material blessings. Spiritual blessing. Supernatural protection. Joel was, there was great crisis in Israel and Joel, the prophet, is telling them to be, be someone who cultivates your heart with prayer and fasting and turn to God. Turn, listen, God is the answer to everything that you need. God has all the answers, has the breakthrough. And Jesus, I believe he taught his disciples this. I mean, where, did, where do you think that... We don't, we don't say Jesus doesn't just go ahead and quote Joel 2, says, Peter, this is what I want you to preach. But how would Peter know? How would Peter know to preach what he preached on the day of Pentecost? Think about that. They were actually doing Joel 2. What do you mean? They were in the upper room. I promise you they were fasting and praying. They think they're all going to get crucified themselves. There is, there is a framework for outpouring. God wants to pour out upon you and your family, upon this region, upon Kenya. He wants to pour out his spirit in all, all of the nations of Africa. He wants to pour out his spirit in the United States of America. He wants to pour out his spirit in Russia and China and every other nation until the desire of the nations come. How is that going to happen? Is it just going to happen by some cute teaching? Is it just going to happen because we came and sang a couple songs? No, it's going to happen by the manifestation of the power of God, undeniable displays of God's power in the heavens and in the earth below. Signs and wonders and healing and breakthrough, miracles of provision, miracles of deliverance, miracles of salvation, God's showing up. How is that going to happen? It'll happen afterward. After what? After you turn to God with with everything you got and you fast and you pray and you contend things will turn well i just god loves me and i just hope he comes well you, you can hope he comes i'm telling you you can do something that brings a precipitates a great outpouring in luke 42 verse 49 24 pardon me 
There's no 42 Luke. Luke 24, verse 49. It's like book, turning to the book of 2nd Ezra. Luke 40, there's no Luke 40 anything. Luke 24. Everybody say Luke 24. Verse 49, behold, I send a promise of my father upon you, but tarry, or the word tarry means to wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To tarry means to wait. He, he went about teaching for 40 days and then he ascended and he said, go, go wait, go wait in Jerusalem until you have the power, until the power of the Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 1 and Acts 2, the disciples are following a pattern that is modeled in Joel. That's what they're doing. They didn't just come up with this thing. They're doing what Jesus told them. And that's why when Peter comes out, he says, this is that that was prophesied by Joel. These are not drunk as you would suppose. He begins to talk about the outpouring of the Spirit. So in context, Peter referring to Joel 2, in Acts 2, referring to Joel 2, he's telling them, this is the outpouring. There's an outpouring heading for our nation. There's an outpouring heading for your nation if you'll decide, if you'll turn, if you can get a company of people to turn towards God. That's why I'm here. That's why I breathe. That's why I drove over, strapped on the ice skates and get on over here. That's why you're here. You're here why? To hear the word. You're here to get encouraged, to get strengthened. You're, you're here to be endued. You're here, you're here to be equipped. That's why you're online right now. You can watch something on, you can be playing Xbox or, you know, PlayStation 12 or whatever it is. Madden 2024. You can be doing anything but listening to me from Kenya right now. But you're online. Why? Because something's taking place. There's a hunger that's a stirring in your being that no food can satisfy. And if you'll feed that, if you'll allow for the hunger of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and ask God for it. Oh God, I'm not hungry, but I want to be. Because I know in that, then you'll release power. Then you'll pour out your spirit. There's so many people that are feeding themselves with spiritual junk food and they wonder why they're not hungry. They don't put themselves in a place where they can experience God's power, experience God's presence. They don't hear messages generally that pierce you. You know, when you go to church, you ought to hear something that just turns in you a little bit so that you can change. You know what the meat of the word is? Somebody said, I don't want meat. I don't want no milk. I don't want the meat of the word. Okay, Mr. Meat, you want the meat of the word. You know what the meat of the word is? Is when you hear something that just fries your bacon, burns your grits, and you have to repent. You, something you hear, and you're like, oh, I don't like that, but I, that's true, because it's in the word. And then what do you do? You change it and fade to change. Bump your neighbor and say, you got to change, baby. Acts 2 and 14. And Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose, but it is only nine in the morning. No. Everybody say no. No, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. Ten days after Jesus ascended, 
in a prayer meeting, which I believe they're fasting, 10 days later, 10 days later, there came a sound of that like a rushing mighty wind and so in, uh, impacted them, tongues of fire coming upon each and every one of their heads, supernatural manifestation of God's power, so much so that onlookers thought they were drunk. Have you ever seen a drunk person? Drunk people stir, stir they, slur, they slur, they they stagger. Drunk people, they, they're not quite the same. They're different. There was something different about them. And I've seen people try to manifest and fake it, but then I've experienced and seen the true outpouring of the Spirit of God. And how do you know it's true? Because lives are changed and real miracles take place that 30 days later are still the same thing. And then though somebody might find themselves on the floor rolling around or weeping or crying, they get up and something's different. They're not as much as a jerk as they used to be. Somebody said, well, I need some of that. Yes, you do. You know what I love about the Holy Spirit? There's no toxic levels. 10 days of prayer occurred in the strategic prophetic timing. And whether you realize it or not, we are in the midst of a strategic prophetic timing for the United States of America. And I don't think we really understand the hour that we're living in, the importance of this prayer meeting and this gathering even tonight. I don't believe in happenstance. I believe in a God of destiny and purpose. And I know we're on a timeline from heaven. The Lord spoke to me this morning as I was overcoming high levels of sugar from the previous day, asking God to help me with the headache that I had. He showed me that there is a strategic timing that we're in and to not lose sight of it. And to speak this to you even tonight, to, to tell you that we're, we're in a moment with God. And you can miss it. You can miss the timings of God. You can be out of sync. You can be connected in a wrong way or get offended. You can get offended or get jacked up and get messed up and miss what God wants to do. I found a spirit of irritation will come upon me right when I'm ready for a breakthrough. I don't want to go to church today. I don't feel like doing my life group tonight. I don't feel like leading worship. You've never said that, have you? What did Peter mean when he said, this is that? It was more than the, the, what this manifestation of the Spirit. I believe, and I'm, gonna, I'm closing, I believe what he's talking about, this is that in the entire context of Joel 2. This is the prophetic word of global outpouring that's begun here because of prayer and fasting and the blood of Jesus and the power of the resurrection. In other words, saying this is that. We'd been in prayer for 10 days, turning towards God, and God sent the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. Not just this is the manifestation of the Spirit and this is that. He's saying the whole thing is that. Did you follow me? He quotes Joel. Said, so this is that. These are not drunks you were supposed. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. What was spoken by the prophet Joel? It's more than just a few verses in chapter two. It's a sacred assembly 
a holy convocation, a turning from wickedness, prayer, seeking him. Yes, receiving Jesus, being born again. Yes, hungering and thirsting and tarrying and waiting. Why would it be 10 days? Why would you have to wait 10 days for anything? You know, I had to get a new computer because my other one, it was born in 2014. The computer could be born. It was made in 2014, mid-2014. And it's the longest lasting laptop I've ever had. But that thing just began to fall apart. It began to have issues. And I, I, I use it so much in my study. And so I had to get a new computer. So I went to go get a new computer and they tell me six weeks, six weeks to get a new computer. And I thought, that's totally impossible. I started the process and I called. And they're like, yeah, no, six weeks. I said, come on, anywhere in the nation, find one in the nation for me. You know, and then you would, there'd be one in Florida and then it'd be gone. Do you know what I'm talking about? I weighed, I had to wait six weeks at a particular configuration that I was waiting for. I just got it. It's really great. And I want to tell you that I deeply appreciate my new computer a whole lot more than if I had gotten it the day, it's three days after I ordered it, you know. There's something that happens in your heart when you hunger and you yearn and then he satisfies you. It says in Deuteronomy, you hungered and thirst and cried out to me and then I fed you with manna. It's a fascinating scripture. So God knew he was going to give them manna all along. Why would they have to hunger and thirst for it? It's a picture that when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. It's a picture that when you yearn for God, when you, when you learn, yearn for him and you position yourself in an upper room, if I can say that spiritually, turning from things that don't satisfy, turning from things that, that even poison you, turning from the things of wickedness, even though you're born again, even though you're saved, positioning yourself to say, I want more, God. I want more of your presence, more of your power. I need your help. I want you. I want you. I need you. Like the morning needs the sun, I need you, God. I need you, Lord, like a desert needs the rain. I need you. Oh, God, I want you to come. Set me on fire. Transform me. Deliver me. Fill me full of your spirit. Use me, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, I don't want to live a normal life. Oh, I don't want to be whole. I'm dead Christianity. Set me on fire, God. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire, Lord. I don't want to be a religious person. I don't want to be reduced to a religious person can quote platitudes and live beneath your God-given blood-bought right and dominion and power. I want to walk in freedom and I want to teach that to all those who will hear. And I want to unstop the ears of those who've been deaf and blind. We don't need more religion. We don't need more churches. We need revival. Churches, churches that do that. And we are in great danger. Every week the pressure on pastors to just shut up and teach and be quiet. Don't demonstrate. Don't demonstrate the spirit. Don't prophesy. That's weird. You're weird. And that's why you need a prophetic word. Come on, somebody. Chancy, stand on your feet. See, you always prophesy over him. Yeah. 
You talk to God about that, the guy is so hungry. He's weeping and crying in every service he's in. He just wants more and more. Isn't that even a gift from the Lord? The Lord says, son, you've heard from me. And the timing that I have for you is perfect. Do not let well-meaning pastors, ministers, leaders, and friends pull you off of the track that you are on because you are on course, you're on track. I've put within you a divine compass. After all, look at the fruit. It's working out so good. So far, just keep doing the same thing. And not many days hence, not many days hence, you're going to be endued with power. You say, are oh, now you endued already? No, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. There's more fire. For I am going to put my word in your mouth that when you preach and when you teach and when you sing and when you say, it will come to pass in very unusual and special ways. I'm releasing my power through you, says the Lord, and to you, says the Lord. I'm going to do notable miracles of restoration. I'm going to do miracles of healing. I'm doing miracles of salvation. I'm even touching the hardest-hearted one. I'm melting, melting their hearts like wax. Watch and see what I'll do for no one, not one. There's no one that can resist my love and my power as you pray, as you decree, as you proclaim. My word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and I'm speaking through you, says the Lord. I'm bringing you up to the high place to show you things. I'm bringing you up even to heavenly places and, and taking the scales from your eyes to show you demonic structures and how to pray. I'm releasing strategy to you. I'm releasing strategy. It's true. I'm releasing my power divine. I'm releasing Holy Ghost and fire. It's time. The Holy Spirit says now is the time. Today is the day and this is the hour. I've fashioned you and I've made you. Deliverance are in your hand. Power's in your hand. Fire's in your life. And I'm going to use you to speak, to stir, to touch, to change. Even to rally your people. I'm putting a trumpet to your mouth, says the Lord. I'm putting a trumpet to your mouth, says the Lord. I'm putting a trumpet to your mouth, says the Lord. Blow the trumpet clearly. Declare the plan of God. Declare the fire of God. Declare the will of God to a people, to a nation. I see you even going to places like in uh, uh, reservations. I see you on a reservation right now. I see a reservation, a, a Native or North American, uh, uh, Native American reservation. I see you standing, and I see the power of God being put on display. And I see dancing breaking out. And I see you being given honor. And I see God using you to raise up a company of believers. I see God using you to raise up a company. The Lord says, I'm preparing you. I'm preparing you to lead my people. I'm preparing you to be even a general in the house of the Lord. I'm preparing you. Receive the training. The old is gone. The new has come. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Like a burning, shining light. 
Are there anyone here that would rise up and say, I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to lead my community. I'm going to lead in this church. Men, if you're a man, stand up. I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead. I'm going to do it. I'm turning my back on the world. I'm turning my back on the flesh. I say yes. yourself to see God. Resist and fight against becoming a religious person. Someone who just follows a bunch of rules and regulations so you can feel better about yourself. There's a whole nother level of intimacy and power. God, we stand on this night, the 26th of December, 2021. And we're asking that you would mark us with holy hunger and visitation. We're asking that you would come upon us with fresh power, releasing visions, releasing dreams. Lord, online, come on, those of you in Kenya, in Kenya, lift your hands. Let the Holy Spirit come upon you. He didn't bring you on this broadcast just to give you a little ear tickling, no. He brought you on this broadcast so that you would stir yourself to hunger and stir yourself to action, that you would be a man, that you would be a woman of fire and power and anointing, uncompromisingly set apart for God, that you would wholeheartedly seek him, not only in Kenya, but in Alaska, in Dillingham, and everywhere the Spirit of God would be. He's pouring out his spirit. He's pouring out his spirit. I pray that God would wreck your walk, that you would hate mediocre, lukewarm Christianity, and you would put a demand and put a put a desire, put a, a longing upon the Word of God to stand on it to see it come to pass. God, thank you. Mark us with holy visitation. If you want the power of God in your life, we're going to sing that again. We say yes. If you want the power of God, step out from where you are, come to the front. If you need healing in your life, come to the front. If you need a miracle in your life, come to the front. You're going to sanctify yourself. You're setting yourself apart tonight. You're saying, I'm going after God. I'm going after him.
put your hands together for Jesus. So get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The best is just ahead. He'll touch you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. Stir yourself to hunger. He won't disappoint you. He'll never leave you hanging. He'll never leave you empty. He leaves you hungry sometimes. He can deeply appreciate it. Why didn't the Holy Spirit, the down payment of Joel 2, why didn't that, why was that 10 days? Why was it 10 days? They weren't earning it. There was a specific prophetic timing on the day of Pentecost. It had to be set up right. It had to be the right timing. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Some of you long and desire for breakthrough, but you're not ready for it. So God will prepare you, fashion you, make you, cleanse you from the former things, and use you now for noble purposes. He'll do that, but you must position yourself under the spout where the glory comes out. Push yourself away from the things that don't satisfy. Come, oh, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you a new mantle. I'll give you a refreshing. I'll give you a new yoke. Take my yoke upon you, said Jesus, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let the power of the Spirit dwell within you richly. Let Him open up your mind to the things of the Spirit of God. Let Him open up your heart to the things of the Spirit of God. Don't be a religious person. Refuse to be pushed in to some cave of despondency and fear and hopelessness. These are the greatest days. These are the greatest days. a great stirring and he's looking for a remnant he's looking for a bride he's looking for a people who say turn from him you'll never regret it repent ask God to forgive you make him the Lord of your life online those here say Jesus forgive me thank you that you died for my for my sin and rose again from the grave come on say it thank you that you died for my sin and rose again from the grave be my Lord be my Savior fill me full of your spirit use me in the end time harvest fill me full of hunger, passion, fire, and zeal for the things of the Lord. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.